This episode is brought to you by the Grace Enough podcast, where host Amber Cullum and her guests delve into hard truths and the unwavering grace of God while journeying in the kingdom of God here on earth. Listen every week at graceenoughpodcast.com or on your favorite listening app. Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. Brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. My name is Kimberly Cook, and I'm the Assistant Director here at the Hendricks Center. And today, we're going to be talking about how women can flourish in all the roles that they play in society. So that's a mouthful, and we'll unpack that as we go through. Uh, today, to get you oriented to who all is going to be having that conversation, today we're joined by Joy Dahl, who is the executive director of the Polished Network. And we're also joined by Brandy Baxter, who is uh, over the strategic, oh, the strategic Partnerships Director of the Polish Network. So we um, have the Polish Network representing today. <laughs> we're so happy and thankful to have you guys here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Our center has a little bit of a growing partnership with the Polish Network. And so you'll probably be seeing these faces and other faces uh, with their organization often. So here we go. First off, I think um, it would be good for each of us to share a little bit about uh, the roles that we have in our life, just so that those of you who are listening can be aware of um, what we have and have not done and And that kind of thing in our lives as we kind of talk about what it means to really flourish in the midst of all of the different things that women tend to end up juggling. So first off, let's start uh, with you, Brandy. Um, Can you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and again, what roles you've had in your life? Wow. So as you were asking that question, Kimberly, the first thing that went through my mind was like all the roles, I feel like a complicated stage production. So I have (laughs) fulfilled so many different roles from daughter to um, sister. And now I'm mom and wife. And it's been an interesting journey just moving professionally from employee to small business owner. I served in the military for a short while. My husband is in full-time ministry and he's also a dean of students. And so that brings its own set of challenges. And I just feel that every single day, the role that I'm playing in my life is it's ever changing. And yet I feel that the Lord has consistently brought me to one role, which is servant. And so I love to talk about that today um, as the, the underlying root of all the different roles that I play. Hmm. Uh, a little bit more about me. I am, oh gosh, let's, let me think, think where to start. I'm currently uh, pursuing my education with Regent University. I am, gosh, wife to an amazing husband and mom to two darling daughters. And my role at Polished as Strategic Partnerships Director is super exciting because it allows me to go out in the community talk to others about the work that we're doing for working women of faith and invite them to join us in that mission of equipping, empowering, and motivating. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I had no idea that you were in the military. 
your, hus- your husband was in the military too, right? Yeah. Okay. Of a cliche, but that's actually where yeah. we met. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Oh, cool. That's very cool. My husband was in the military too, but I definitely was not. I would, I have authority issues. That would not be a good situation. (laughs) Joy, um, why don't you share a little bit about your life and the roles you've you've played and currently play, and especially about how you became, and also how you became passionate about faith and calling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, and um, my journey really started when I was young. My father passed away. My final promise to mm-hmm. him was, Daddy, one day I'm going to make you proud. And to me, at age 13, that meant becoming a success. And so mm-hmm. for the next 20 years, I pursued all I could uh, in becoming successful in the world. By age 33, became CFO of a regional broadcasting company in New York. And by the world standards, I had it all. I had the American dream. Um, but inside, I, I was broken. I prayed to God. I believed I was Christian, but I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I didn't understand what that meant. Um, then at age 35, I met Jesus. A coworker actually gave me the book, Purpose Driven Life. It prompted me to go to church and I I met the Lord and uh, my trajectory changed at that point. Um, I went from being a CFO to starting my own CFO consulting practice. I had that for over 10 years, ultimately came to Dallas. Um, my forte was providing CFO services to startup and high growth companies. Um, and then I felt the Lord call me to come to seminary. Uh, so I transitioned out of my CFO practice, became the role of seminarian, trying to dig deep into God's word without really knowing what was on the other side. It really was a time of being a faith walk, of trusting him. And it was about halfway through my master's program that I first learned of theology of work, what it means to be an ambassador of Christ, uh, what it means to be made in the image of God who, who, who works and who ordains work, prepares work for us to enter into. And so that prompted me to go on to my doctoral studies, which focused on integration of faith and work and theology of work. And that led to my current position now as executive director of Polish, where we gather women to navigate the workplace and explore faith together in authentic community. And a big part of, I feel like my primary role uh, in this time is sharing the truth about who we are as ambassadors of Christ, Mm -hmm. made in the image of God, commissioned by Jesus. And as women, many of us have never heard this message. Many of us struggle to know what, what is the purpose that God has for me? What impact can I truly have in life? And is work a part of it? Or am I supposed to just be serving in a church? Am I supposed to just be focusing on my family? How do all of these different hats that we wear, how do those come together in God's plan? And so um, that's a part of what we'll be talking about today, which is why I'm so excited. I am married to my amazing husband, Gordon, who is also a previous military and uh, all right i know we all have that we all have that connection that's awesome yeah so um it's just an honor to be here today and i i I love talking about just helping women to as brandy said to to get equipped to be empowered to be encouraged and to walk in the calling that jesus has for each and every one of us 
Fantastic. Okay. So a little bit about me, for those of you who are listening, I am, um, I'm originally from Kansas and daughter, sister, all of those kinds of roles. Uh, and I came down here to Dallas to work on my, uh, THM and I met my husband while I was here. And then I ended up working here at DTS and for the Hendrix center and my roles here have kind of bloomed and, um, flourished and, and so then uh, I got bored, which is not good. And so I decided to do a PhD, which is not the way to cure boredom, <laughs> by the way. No, I, all joking aside, I really felt the Lord calling me uh, to pursue that for a variety of reasons. And so I'm currently, and, and then in the midst of that, I had two little ones. And so I've got two daughters as well. So I'm also a mother, and uh, which still sounds weird when I say, um, so yeah, that's me and where I'm from a little bit more. And I am so, and I'm excited to talk about this because we actually, the three of us were on a, a different call and we all started talking about some of these issues and we all said, we just need to do this, a podcast and record this conversation. So um, hopefully it will be interesting to you because it was interesting to us. Um, so to get started kind of into the meat of what we're talking about, we first I want us to explore a little bit about what roles women play in our society. So we've already hit on a few um, mothers, uh, wives, let's see, workers, and we can kind of explore that a little bit. And I guess church members, what what other roles would you all throw in the ring as far as, you know, awareness of what, especially women right now play in our society. Uh, Brandy, let's start with you. <laughs> I'm thinking about where we are right now. And I feel that women have stepped back into the role of primary caretaker. Um, I think generationally there was a season where it was automatically expected for the woman to be the caretaker. And then through the changes in our culture, more women entered the workplace and that became socially acceptable. However, in the midst of a global pandemic, we see that as the tension between work and home uh, really began rising to the surface, more women than men re-entered into that role of caretaker for both uh, young children and aging mm -hmm. parents. Caretaker is a great one. I hadn't really thought of, but you're right. And and it's not just children. It's like, it, you know, there's, you know, I don't, I don't know <laughs> about any kind of nature nurture thing, but it seems like, yeah, it just seems like at least society expects women to be the ones when, you know, the cards are down to be the ones to take care of those, the least of these, I guess. Mm -hmm. Joy, what else would you add? I think what comes to mind for me is um, is really being a part of sisterhood, the sisterhood in community, sisters in Christ, sisters um, linking arms together, whether it's in the workplace, mm -hmm. whether it's in our circles. Um, you know, again, kind of coming from our conversations. We have amazing women, part of our polished network, but they're single. They're, they're not married. They mm -hmm. don't have kids. And they've had different struggles of 
isolation and connection and all of us struggling with even for those of us who are part of a church community, um, what does that look like when you're not meeting in person and how do you really foster community? What does it look like even for those of us who do work when you're not interacting face to face, but it's just for a screen and you definitely feel that Zoom fatigue? So how do we come alongside each other? How do we build each other up? How do we uh, share and um, care, show compassion, walk the journey together if we can't physically be side by side? And I think that that's a real challenge, but a real need right now in that role that I believe we're called to and that I know that I need from my sisters as well. As you're talking, I also think about, um, because I think that this, like the sisterhood would also be a part of this. I also think of the role of activist because I feel like in our current climate, in a lot of ways it's needed, <laughs> but also it's expected that you, that you have opinions and, um, actions toward issues of social justice or, um, uh, environmental care and, or some, you know, that you kind of are expected to care about at least something, but probably everything, <laughs> you know, but, um, I also think of that. So let's, let's explore these roles a little bit now that we've named some of them. We can meet. Yeah. Uh, which ones would you all say are valued and which ones seem to be devalued? Let's explore that for a little bit. Joy, do you want to take a first shot at that? I think it depends on what context you're talking about. Um, I think, again, one of the primary ones, just because it's been a big part of my story in work and career and the roles that I fill and trying to provide for myself, for my family, for those around me, um, you know, how how is work valued? Well, it depends who you ask. Um, there are some people who've been very supportive of me, of my career, of what I have been able to create in terms of my own consulting practice. And then there was a lot of shock of me giving that up to, to go a different direction without knowing what that new path would hold, but really feeling like that was a calling for me. And I think that there are women, especially right now, who are really examining where have they been so far in their work or their career and what might be a next step? Is this the right time to go a different direction? So I think a lot of women are wrestling with those thoughts, um, those ideas right now. So I, I think that there's also then, um, if you're looking within a church community, women don't necessarily feel that their work outside the home is valued or is encouraged even. And that then um, leads to questions of, well, how can I then serve in my church community with the gifts that I have and the skills and the experiences that I have? So value is a tough question. It depends who you're talking to, um, but that's what comes to mind first for me. Well, and even as you were talking, I thought about another role that <laughs> I'm a bit chagrined that we didn't say. I feel like it was just assumed. Um, but it's that of being a follower of Christ. 
And I, and I thought of it in the context of what you were talking about with like, you stepped away from your job and, and all of that. And I think making those decisions and, you know, in the pandemic and all of that, it's widely spread, you know, this is your chance to reset, (laughs) you know, all of that. And, and so I think some people, you know, turning to the Lord, maybe turning to ministry, like vocational ministry, or turning to just something as it relates to their faith that can be valued. And then it can also be incredibly devalued, you know, by our society, especially depending on how you do it and what you're doing. Yeah. I that agree. was just one thing that came. Yeah. You know, when I, when I talk about workplace for me, it's in the context of all of us are as followers of Christ mm-hmm. called to be ambassadors. And that's going to look different for each of us. But there is absolute value in that role that we are called to, where Christ has equipped us, he strategically placed us in whatever context we may be. In our context right now, we may be there for five months or five years, we don't know, but he has placed us to live and work and interact in our circles as his ambassador, uh, working with excellence, creating genuine relationships, being his hands and feet. And so I do think that that is uh, a, a really important role that we don't necessarily see ourselves as feeling if we have never heard that we as women, that we are created and commissioned and sent as Christ's ambassadors to join the work he's already doing in our workplaces. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think maybe something helpful and I, this is one of my, actually one of my favorite things to do, probably because I'm a little bit of a theology nerd, a lot of one. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do when discussing the faith and work space is to really explore what it is that, um, each role is contributing because I think sometimes, you know, we, we name these things and sometimes it's a badge of pride. Sometimes it's a badge of shame, you know, like depend again, depending on the context and what's valued where, but I think for believers and especially, um, for sisters, who sometimes haven't reflected on it, I think really, really letting what you're doing and what you're contributing kind of settle into your soul can really help encourage you and propel you as you're, as you're um, being that ambassador. And so for instance, and then I'll let you all weigh in on other roles that we've talked about. So for instance, like the role of a wife, the as I fulfill the role of a wife, if I'm doing it, you know, in a Christ honoring, God honoring way, I, I am demonstrating love. <clears throat> I'm demonstrating, um, faithfulness and I am, a, I am, and it, while it's only one person who is receiving it, that person is receiving a, a faithful, committed love that represents and demonstrates, um, the faithful commitment of the Lord in a way that you really probably aren't going to see in many other, like in many other contexts. And so like, that's one thing that, and, and in doing that, I am, you know, creating a family, a family unit that, you know, has economic impacts on our society and all of that, you know? And so, but, but theologically I'm showing a, I mean, it's a sanctifying experience. You can go through a bunch of other things too, but you know, as far as like what you're contributing, even just to that person, 
you know, there, there is theological significance. There is and not just theological, there is tangible, real things that you are contributing. So let's talk through a couple of the other roles. What do you see as like the specifics of what people are contributing either to the kingdom or to society as a whole? Brandy, we'll start with you. Yeah, really quickly. I want to kind of touch back on what Joy was saying about value and who you're listening to or who we're asking the question. And what came to mind was what echo chamber are you in? And so if you're Mm -hmm. in the echo chamber of category A, then if your lifestyle and the role that you're currently fulfilling doesn't match up to that, you're going to feel devalued. And in my own personal experience, I've been the stay-at-home mom. I've been the working mom. And, and each season brought its own set of challenges and yet its own set of rewards. But I really had to be intentional with who was I listening to during that season? Did I hear affirming words or did I hear condemning words? And I feel like It's our responsibility as women, as women of Christ, to remember what he says about us above all else. And I don't think in the scriptures that there is a hierarchy or a value system placed upon roles of women. I think scripture shows us that we have all been equipped with gifts that will edify the body. And to your point, Kimberly, it's for us to settle in to that, like Paul says, to be content, whether we are a base or whether we are a bound. Our society is forcing us into this either or. And we have to say, what does scripture say about me and the role that I'm playing in this season and ask the Lord. This episode is brought to you by the Grace Enough podcast. I am its host, Amber Cullum. Each week, I sit down with a guest to discuss hard truths and the unwavering grace of God they've experienced while journeying in God's kingdom here on earth. You'll hear from guests like Jen Wilkin, Jamie Ivey, Andy Crouch, and Scott McKnight. Listen to these conversations and more by searching Grace Enough Podcast on your favorite listening app or by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com. So to your second question about... You're the, fine, yeah. But about the different roles, my belief as well, similar to Joy's, is when we understand scripture for ourselves, when we know what the word says, we are empowered to not allow others to devalue the work that we are doing. Um, I struggled being an educated woman and not working, but my children were so young and I really felt a strong call to be present for them during that season of life. And then I went to work and it was so crazy how I missed being at home with my kids. And yet when I was at work, I mean, when I was at home with them, I missed being at work. And I had to realize, Brandy, pray for contentment and peace because God knows all things. He is the omniscient one. And we have to trust that he has ordered our steps and silence the echo chambers of society that are causing us to feel less than in one area or devalued in another. Mm -hmm. And like what you're saying about, you know, in that instance, choosing and, and recognizing a need to put more time and effort into the role of being a stay-at-home mom. 
in doing that. And I think, you know, sometimes, especially again, I like what you said about echo chambers. I really like that in the echo chambers of the world. Um, and like, especially the working world, that's like, Oh, you had to, you had to step out. Huh? And, and really, if you think about it, that, <laughs> that real one, that's just incredibly devalues <laughs> the role of mothers. Um, because you're raising the next generation of this society. And I mean, certainly of the, of, you know, hopefully of the kingdom and of the church, but you're even contributing to society in that way. And I think society doesn't really recognize that or has a hard time recognizing that at some point. So Joy, can you think or take a couple other of the roles that we've talked about and kind of explore what it is they are contributing to society and why it is that they matter, why it's important that people are in these roles? Um, just so that people can, again, rest in the roles that they have and realize that there is valuable work being done. What comes to mind, and I and I, I want to be careful in saying this, but I almost hesitate to name specific roles because one, I think then we can segment ourselves that, mm -hmm. well, I'm this way in this role and I'm this way in this role and I'm this way, instead of being a whole life disciple of Christ mm -hmm. with one sacred space, we now have different spaces. And I think when we start naming roles, if someone doesn't fit into that role, then they can feel lessened. You know, so for example, mm -hmm. I don't have children. So yeah. when we talk about moms and kids and the wonderful journey of the different phases of childhood and motherhood and the challenges, I don't fit into that. So then I think this mm -hmm. conversation may not be for me if I am not. Um, actively working right now. Maybe I'm seeking work or what if I'm not married? Maybe I'm single or I'm divorced. I, I am divorced. And so mm -hmm. there are conversations uh, when I was not married after I had been married that would make me feel less than because of the questions people would ask me and, oh, I don't fit into that role anymore. So I do want to be careful about identifying specific roles because we all have roles that we fill. Those roles may change over time. The importance, I believe, is really who we are and who we're walking with, because there is value in everything that we do. Again, we are strategically placed in every season of our life to have impact, to live with purpose, and to walk the journey of life together as sisters. Um, and, and so that's I almost hesitate going into specific roles because mm -hmm. I don't want women to feel, well, there's higher value in this role and I'm not a part mm -hmm. of that. Or they've talked about five roles and none of those apply to me. So this conversation isn't for me. I think it's important mm -hmm. for us to know that it's different for each of us. And the role isn't as important as how we bring our whole self, faith, skill, passion, uh, into whatever role we are called to or roles we're called to for a particular season. Hmm. Yeah. And I can see that. And that's a good word. I, I think actually in support of what you're saying, I think it's also for people who might feel less than in, um, whatever roles they have in life, uh, at the, you know, at any given time, I think, it is helpful like for people to reflect on where they are at and what it is that they're really bringing 
um, because I guess the encouragement and, and, you know, I think where the, the question was originally coming from is that the encouragement is that every single one of those roles is bringing something and, and, and you don't have to look around and say, well, I'm not a mom or I'm not a wife or I'm not in the office or I'm not a, I, you know, that you don't have to look around and, and say, well, then I'm nothing. I'm, I'm not bringing anything. It's, it's actually the reverse. It's saying, no, every single one of them has something that you are contributing both to this, both to society as a whole and to the kingdom. And so you need to just rest <laughs> in that and, and delight in the path that the Lord has for you at this, you know, specific time. And, and even if there's a variety of roles, even within your life, you know, but those are things that you're doing. And so I would just encourage you if you're listening to this and you, you just think through what roles do I play and really and really consider how you are building into especially the kingdom, because you'll find your heart very encouraged as you kind of ref- do that exercise, reflect on that. So uh, so we talked a lot about roles, but the other part of our Brandy, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, I was going to say what I like about Joy's comment and then your follow up comment is what came to mind for me was disciple. And I think in my intro, I mentioned that the heart of each of the roles that we play is a servant. We are Mm -hmm. serving as unto the Lord. I love that. No Mm -hmm. matter what the title is, everything starts with how am I serving as unto the Lord? So whether I'm in the home, out of the home, whether I'm in the in the country or in the city, no matter where I am, how am I serving? But what also came to mind was discipleship in that, how am I becoming disciplined in the role that I'm serving in? And I know, as I shared a moment ago, in my journey, that's what the the lesson that I believe God was teaching me. In addition to my prayer for contentment, I had to say, Lord, what are you teaching me in these various roles of my life? And he was teaching me discipline. Can you do this thing that I have called you to without looking to the left or to the right? And a lot of times I feel that this comparison, this culture of comparison is what steals our joy in whatever role we are in. Um, And when we recognize that, I think we are then better prepared to tackle it and we can find the value in every role that we are in because we are learning to not only lean on the Lord, but learning from him. What does he want us to know in this season, in this role that we are currently in, rather than looking at everyone else and the roles that they are in? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I, I think you're a section, I segue into where I was about to change the subject to anyway, um, which is great. Thanks for like, it, that was the, the logical tie to what it actually means to be flourishing. And, um, and, you know, I think what we're talking about here is an encouragement, you know, a biblical and theological encouragement of what it really means for a woman to be flourishing in the variety of roles or in the single role that she plays in her life. And um, before we turn a little bit more to that and and really digging into perhaps what scripture has to say and, and some things that we can think about, I, I do want to explore a little bit. What do you all think, what do you all think society the wider society would say a flourishing woman is 
looks like. Joy, you want to start? Sure. Having spent uh, much of my early career pursuing success in the world and knowing where we are right now with social media and kind of as Brandy was saying, we're in a society of comparison, of grandeur and excess and uh what can we have because there's status in that? How can we look because there's status in that? How many followers? How many? So I think the greater society really focusing primarily on American culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really is about um, success and who we portray ourselves to be. And I think that creates a mask that that's not who we really are. Uh, many of us will wear a mask in whatever role we play. Um, but then at some point we take that mask off and, and maybe it's from shame of the past. Maybe it's from um, just feeling that we have to compete or compare or be as good as or uh, whatever it might be that I think it creates life behind the mask. So th that's where I think that's the challenges of being in our society that many of us, especially as women, I don't know that we feel comfortable showing the real us to the whole world. We may have a small group of people, Lord willing, we have at least a small group of people where we can be authentically who uh, we are when that mask comes off. But I think it can be in family, it can be in work, it can be in church, it can be uh, going out to dinner or whatever it is we do. I think we often live behind a mask. And I do think that is part of our society, which makes it difficult to really have the freedom and the flourishing of who we are and the beauty of who we are and our likes and our dislikes, our passions, our gifts, our desires, you know, being able to live authentically in relationship with others. I think that's a real challenge. Mm. Brandy, what you, oh my there's a lot that I want to dig into there, but Brandy, uh, what I want you to, to add in, what do you see as society's presentation of what it means to be a flourishing woman? I totally share joy sentiments. And the word that came to mind was celebrity culture. Mm -hmm. Um, so much of when we think of flourishing and when we think of success, we equate that with celebrity status. And it's really disheartening that women who are followers of Christ have been lulled into the same belief. We follow uh, celebrity preachers. We follow celebrity authors. We follow this. We follow that. And yet Jesus Christ himself was not a celebrity. And I think it's humbling when we find ourselves caught in this comparison culture and in this celebrity culture. I think it's very humbling for those of us as Jesus followers to say celebrity status does not equal success. Yeah. And well, and it's especially difficult. <laughs> I have to be careful not to get on the um, <laughs> hobby horse of mine here, but it's especially um, difficult in a, in a democratic society because we have ingrained in us that there's something to the voice of the majority that is um, indicative of truth, is indicative of the best, of the way that things should be, of the right way. You know, I just saw an advertisement the other day for, I don't know, some kind of app or something that was like, 
six million people can't be wrong, you right. know, and and it, <laughs> and that's like the reverse of what it seems the, the kingdom that Jesus seems to be presenting in the Gospels, <laughs> and you know the narrow way. There was nothing about you know this isn't in the Gospels, but there was you know nothing about Jesus that was really attractive or beautiful that would draw you necessarily to him. Like, you know, as like, as far as the outward visage and, and I think, yeah, like, I, I love that you brought up celebrity and, and joy, I think you're right with the mask. And I, and I think that there is what I especially see, particularly in the influencer culture is it, those who become celebrities are the ones who, who do everything perfectly and not like the, um, not like the fifties housewife perfect where like literally everything is in line, but you say the polite kind thing, or you, um, are authentic about your life in a certain way without oversharing, but you're not, you know, but it doesn't seem like you're hiding and, you know, like that there's a mask, you know, like, Oh, you know, my child put paint all over the walls. Oh no. You know, that kind of thing, but not like, here's my junk. Like here is, you know, (laughs) the really bad stuff about me, you know? So, but I think those are the people, the people who, who look really perfect um, and seem to be navigating the waters of like our, of the difficult society in which we live and saying the right things at the right time and, you know, holding off at other times and being authentic at certain times. And then, you know, and, and I think that that for women and for everybody, quite frankly, I think that that is so exhausting um, for us to try to navigate and to do. And, and I just, I think for, for Christian women, we can just look at that and say, like, you don't have to do that. You don't, you don't have to. And, and quite frankly, and like, to your point, joy, those who are doing that, um, it's probably a mask and they're probably someone that you, you know, want to think through whether like how they influence your life. <laughs> um, so those are just some thoughts. So I want to, I want to keep going cause we're going to start running <laughs> short on time. What we've talked a little bit about what it means biblically and theologically to be flourishing. We've talked about, um, the concept of being an ambassador, which definitely comes straight out of scripture an ambassador for the kingdom. Uh, what are some other either, metaphors or dimensions of flourishing uh, that we see in scripture. And this isn't necessarily just women. <laughs> um, and I'm, I laughed when I wrote this question because what does it mean to flourish is like one of the big philosophical questions. Like it's, it's huge. And people have been thinking about it for thousands of years. Um, so we're probably not going to solve it here, but we can describe some things. Um, so one of the things that came to mind for me was the concept of abiding in Christ um, and, you know, that he is the vine and we're the branches and, and the, the kind of that organic idea of he prunes some things away. And, you know, so we're, we're willing to have some things of, of us cut off that aren't producing fruit and and just, you know, being woven and ab- into the Lord and, and abiding with him. What, uh, Joy, let's let you, what else? I'm sure you have many thoughts on, <laughs> on this. 
I do. I'm trying to go through my mind of what, yeah. what, comes, what comes to the forefront. And this is something that I've really been praying through um, the last couple of months from Matthew 14. And just for anyone who's looking for where is the scriptural reference of ambassador to go back to that second Corinthians five, start at uh, verse 17. But what comes to mind for uh, this question is from Matthew 14, which is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. But it starts with two fish and five loaves, that it's meager. It is a meager offering that the disciples bring, um, and then Jesus does a miracle. And I really feel like in this season where many of us are wrestling and think life has gotten hard, work has gotten hard, the roles that we play all get hard. And, and I believe that is an act of trust and worship of we bring the little that we have in the morning, the two fish, the five loaves, we offer it to Jesus. We allow him to take it and to work however he wants to use it for the glory, for uh, the miracle that will unfold, whether we un fully understand that or not, what it is that he's going to do with what we offer. But that it's just it, kind of going back to the aspect Brandy said of discipline of each day we we lay before him. This is what I have to offer. And at the end of the day, we know that we offered what we had and that we can be confident that that is enough, that we don't have to be more, do more, that we offer the fish and the loaves and he will take it and work with it. Our job is to come to him, to make the offer, to trust to be faithful in that, uh, and then really rest that the results are in his hands. Um, and we can have full faith that he will take our meager fish and loaves and, and use them, uh, for his kingdom economy. Mm, yeah, I love that. And so the picture of a flourishing woman that we're getting is one who, um, you know, is winsomely, representing the kingdom as an ambassador and kingdom values, but one that is willing for some pain or some, um, discipline, you know, to cut, to help, you know, prune their branches and, and bring up forth fruit and who can just rest in the offering of what they have and not feeling like they have to bring more, uh, than, you know, what, normal people really doing it. <laughs> Brandy, what else would you contribute to this picture? Yeah. So what came to mind for me is Psalms 37, where scripture tells us to delight in the Lord and he will give you the desire mm -hmm. of your heart. And so often we are looking at what everyone else has and is doing and et cetera, et cetera. But if we as especially as women who are followers of Christ, if we made our focus and our intention to delight in him and him alone, that becomes the seed of flourishing. And then when we feel these strong desires in our heart, like I shared, the desire to be home with my kiddos or the desire to go back to work. I'm doing those things knowing that I have spent time delighting in the Lord and he has placed that desire. Therefore, he will bless it. He will give me peace. He will give me contentment. He will give me joy. He will give me all the aspects of the fruit of the spirit because I first have committed to him 
and I spent time delighting in him. And so often we find ourselves discouraged because we are finding and seeking delight in the things of the world. We are seeking Hmm. delight in success. We are seeking delight in status. We are seeking delight in all of the trappings of the world and they ultimately will bring about disappointment. And so I envision the flourishing Christian woman as the one who says, I'm going to be counterculture. I remember when that word was so prevalent in the church space and <laughs> step back from it. But I really feel a call to re-engaging with the word counterculture. And so when I'm counterculture, and I'm delighting in the Lord, then I am able to flourish. Mm, I love that. And I've, I've been in John Wesley's sermons a lot recently and over and over he he hammers away at the idea of a true believer is one who loves God and who loves others, you know? And I mean, that comes straight from the gospels and, and he just exhorts people over and over. He says, do you truly love the Lord? You do, you truly love him, you know? And, and I thought of that when you're saying delight, are you really delighting in him? And then in that, as we've been talking about, you know, what our roles contribute to the kingdom and to society, how are you, are, do you really love others? Do you see yourself as a servant to your point, Brandy? And, you know, and that is what it means to be flourishing as a disciple. Again, this isn't even necessarily women. This is just as a disciple of Christ, loving God and loving others. But I think you're right. I'm so glad that you brought that point in. So, um, we have time for a brief, uh, answers to this final question. Um, you all work, your work at the Polish Network, I think is largely geared toward answering this question. So if you guys have some quick pointers, quick tips, or places even that people could go for more information, um, how can women work toward this place of flourishing as they're trying to balance all these roles they're in? Joy. You're the executive director. Take it and run. (laughs) I think it uh, I think the place to start is, again, in authentic community. That's Mm. something that we believe is uh, the backbone of Polish Network. And wherever you have that community, we welcome you to come to any of our gatherings. We have a national gathering. We have uh, lunch and learns. We have local chapters. But find find that small group of authentic community. We need sisters to walk the journey. We need to be able to take our mask off. Life transformation happens in authentic community. The encouragement, the uh, digging deep into the hard questions of God and faith, hearing from the Lord as he speaks through others that are discerning the spirit and in scripture with us. I I really think that that is the backbone of, um, again, flourishing life and how to move forward in any roles and any challenges that we may face. It's having that authentic community, our go-to women who understand they're like-minded, they affirm us, they uh, can challenge us, but they're right there with us walking the journey. It's almost like they're the soil that you need to be planted in, you know, that, and so everybody can be growing. Brandy, is there anything you would like to add? You know, I would just add for our church leaders and our community leaders to support women by partnering with organizations like Polish Network to create a safe space where women can develop authentic community. 
Mm, okay. All right. Well, we oh, we hit right our, our time mark. I was afraid that we wouldn't. <laughs> I have so enjoyed this conversation and the three of us need to get together and have coffee as sisters anyway, because this has been a fabulous time. Thank you so much, Brandy and Joy, for joining us. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And we just want to thank you for listening. Please do subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app and leave us an honest review. It really does help more people discover these conversations. And we hope that you'll join us next time as we discuss issues of God and culture. Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.